coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, what was that? <clears throat> you all right? Hold on. Hey guys. Shit. Hey guys. You sound like you're. Damn it. I won't I say it. I lost anyway, it. John, good to see you. I lost my voice, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna power through this uh, podcast. It's a combination of hormonal change. <laughs> what is it? What is it? He's been hanging around with me too long. Uh, I'm just, I'm just th- throwing out ideas. Wow. Um, no, I. Uh, you, you feeling okay? I feel okay, but I just can't yell. I want to yell. Watch. I want to yell, and I can't. What are you gonna do at class tonight? Uh, I'll probably go like this. <laughs> but anyway, um, okay. So we're here, and we're, we're back. So we weren't here Monday. I missed our taping of the podcast. I had yeah. to rescue my daughter from the freeway. So, she's fine. Yeah. We're back. It's Wednesday. We're back. It's, it's Wednesday, and we're going to talk about next week, this weekend's fights, and we're going to talk about uh, a couple things in the news. Number one is um, TJ Dillashaw and his EPO. So, suspended for two years. And, you know, he's all over, where did I listen to him? Maybe Joe Rogan. He did a long podcast about how healthy he is and all the training he's doing and everything else and promoting all the stuff he's doing that's super healthy. It's just interesting that then he gets popped for using uh, performance-enhancing drugs. That makes him a cheater. So yeah. this, this is a performance-enhancing drug that's gotten a lot of press, very well-known, it's EPO, which is uh, stimulates your body's production of red blood cells. So you produce red blood cells, more of them, which can carry more oxygen, which are very good for endurance sports. Which so MMA isn't really. Cycling, though, that's where everyone was doing EPO. They would do too much EPO. Their blood would get thick. You could have a stroke. So they kind of learned how to dial it back. But the whole Lance Armstrong controversy, that's EPO. So EPO is a drug... Uh, I don't know, a lot of MMA guys do an EPO? Uh, I've never heard of it because it's not an endurance, ultra-endurance sport because what happens is you get more red blood cells, you get more oxygen-carrying capacity, but you also get more thickness of your blood. So for a long-distance um, a long distance event, it would help you. But for anaerobic stuff where you're using more anaerobic pathways, it just, it's not really, it's not really uh, as effective. That's why you don't see it. You don't see it for fighting, football, etc. You see it for long distance ultra marathons, for the, you know, the ultra biking and shit. And it just, it's a weird one to do. Um, it is interesting though because guys do train at altitude for MMA to to physiologically legally increase their uh, oxygen carrying capacity of their blood. Yes, but when when you do EPO, 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 when you do EPO or sometimes they just spin their cells and put them back in, the blood gets thicker. So if you think about it going through the 
uh, like their capillaries, it kind of doesn't go as smoothly. So you get more overall oxygen carrying capacity. But with, with altitude, that changes your hemoglobin. Your blood doesn't get thicker like it does with EPO or spinning your blood. It gets more oxygen carrying capacity on the hemoglobin you already have because it gets, it gets your enzymes going in a different way. So it's a different way of doing it, um, but you get the same benefit. So if he wanted to do that, he's already in fucking Colorado. What the hell? I think he comes and trains in L.A. too. Does he? I think that's where his new camp is, or at least he's part-time in L.A., I believe. Where did he change camps to? I didn't even know. I thought he was still with Dwayne. I think he is, but I think he works out. I don't know. I don't know all the details, but I thought he, I heard him talk about him being in L.A. Whatever he does. But anyway, a two-year ban. Is this his first offense? I've never heard of him being offended for anything. I heard but him. But how do you have a two-year ban? How long was John Jones' ban? Two weeks. <laughs> no, when he actually uh, got popped originally. And then the the picograms are not banning him for. But this, the... To be honest, like, like, this one is a stamina drug. It doesn't, like... It'll help a lot of things. It's, it's definitely... Uh, you know, it's definitely performance enhancing, but it doesn't like build the strength and like an like a, you know, uh, like an anabolic steroid would. Um, it helps you with endurance. So it's cheating. It's a different kind of cheating, but it's fucking stupid as shit. It just it's stupid as shit. It so. is, and that was before. I think that was a drug test before he fought Henry Cejudo at one twenty five. So when he dropped out, dropped all that weight um, to make 125, he got popped for Igbo, so he's out for two years. That is a long time. And complaining about the stoppage when he was the one fucking cheating all along. That's pathetic. (laughs) It it does put a different spin on his his, uh, complaints about the stoppage and stuff. Oh, my God. That's but anyway, so he'll be gone for a he while. He could have kept going. See, he had a good point. Why'd you stop it? He could have kept going. He was all drugged up. <laughs> so I, I do think that's an interesting one. Two-year ban for a... EPO. It's performance enhancing, but I agree with you. It's not anabolic like a like a steroid that gives you an unfair, dangerous advantage. Yeah, this will give him an advantage in the later rounds more. Um, I mean, it's still cheating. There's no way around it. It's cheating, but... It, if bro, if you're gonna fucking cheat and get a two year suspension, you might as well be just doing anabolic steroids. That would, it's much more effective for fighting. Um, it would have given you much better bang for your buck. Uh, your ROI would have been better. Uh, you still I'm, be suspended. I'm sure it gets done because it's something they think they can get away with. Unlike maybe the anabolic steroids, you may Which think. Which he did. Yeah. You may think you can get away. Maybe he's been doing it for a long time, and they know the dosing, know how to hide it, know how to mask well, it. Well, they went back and like tested some of the samples that they had that they didn't test for EPO before, and they came back positive. So Oh, he, I didn't hear that part. He was testing negative, even though he was EPO positive. So he was all flying high going, hey, I can do this stuff, and they can't <coughs> catch me. Yeah, so... Interesting. Shame on him. Interesting. Also interesting for anyone else in his camp or that trains with his trainers that could be doing it too. I don't think so. I, I don't think... Um, well, you wonder where they get it. I don't think... You, they, I don't think... Um, I don't think... 
I think a lot of times the camp, the trainer doesn't, is the last to know. Well, maybe the trainer, but maybe there's a nutritionist or a strength coach or someone else that is involved. I think that's how it happens in a lot of sports. Yeah, is there's a is. supplier person. So it's not always just one athlete that's on this stuff. But usually the fighters get that kind of stuff on their own. Um, and it has nothing to do with the camp. But whatever. It's pretty stupid. I didn't realize they went back and tested his old samples. So he's yeah. been doing it. He's been epoing. So what happens to your old fights that you won? Do they do they nullify those fights? I don't know. I don't know. The I fights know. against uh, Cody. I know. Two Co- fights against Cody. Cody, they, Cody must be mad. He was. I mean, I think they Rightfully found out. Rightfully so. Yeah, they found out he was, I think, positive against Cody. Cody's saying, I don't know, Cody has something clever in, um, in Instagram, basically calling him a fucking cheater, which he is, you know, so... <laughs> Um, you, I mean, you just can't. Uh, cheating. I know you want to get a, a... Everybody wants an advantage, but once you fucking start cheating, you're just a you're a cheater. That's there are studies that have been done, we've probably talked about in this podcast, where they ask Olympic athletes, you know, if, if you could take a drug that wasn't detected and you could win, would you? A lot of them would. I think the majority. And then there were questions like, if you could take a drug and it meant shortening your lifespan, would you? And you could win the Olympics. Was it worth it? Yes. Most of them say yes. So, the, you know, the compete, the, the power, I, I think, that the competition has for people willing to do these things, they're humans. They're, clearly, people are willing to do this stuff. Even if it can kill you, shorten your lifespan, if they can win. Well, those are probably the same kind of people that if you could get away with murder, would you do it? Probably yes. If you get away with cheating <laughs> on your wife and get away with it, you probably they probably would. Yes. If you know, so what I mean, percentage of people is that? Uh, I'll go with half. It's a li- it's a large percentage. It's half. It's That's a large percentage. But anyway, okay. So then we got um, the bare knuckle boxing. We should do this. We should do this study in MMA. We should come up. With our own questionnaire, if you could do this and not get caught, would you? They can be anonymous. Um, that would be an interesting study in MMA to figure out what these fighters are thinking. We should do it like... Because their lives depend on it. We should pretend it's going to be anonymous, but really no. We'll have like <laughs> and then we'll post all... No, oh. see, we can't do that. Yes, we would. <laughs> that would be more fun. You're wrecking our study right now. Everyone's hearing this. So I think that would be an interesting thing to do. Coming from my background in sports medicine, these studies have been done in the Olympic-level athletes, but studying in MMA, how many people are willing to cheat if they don't get caught, if it gives them an advantage, uh, even if it has detrimental health consequences. I would be willing to bet in in any sport it's it's about the same whether it's Olympics or pro football or whatever. It's di- this sport is a little different than like the Olympics. I think in the Olympics you could, you know, make a, probably a sizable amount of money in endorsements if you're that one Olympic athlete for some reason that yeah. gets like Michael Phelps. But I think if you're just the average Olympic athlete that you know skis down a hill, some people, a lot of people know you, but you're not going to make a ton of money. I would guess, like the Michael Phelps could make from whatever endorsements he has. But in MMA, you know, you go to your fight, it's showing up to work to get paid. And a lot of sports are probably like that, unlike the Olympics. But, you know, that's a, that's their livelihood. And I think it makes people do things that they probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I think it goes beyond livelihood because the I don't think the trash guy down the street would do that, and that's his livelihood. I think I think it it goes 
once you're in the millions, there's seven figures. It kind of goes beyond livelihood and goes goes into a whole other realm of people. You know, it's just it's a different thing. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of the, other than these top tier guys like Dillashaw, these guys aren't making millions in the UFC off of a fight. No, you know, except for the Conor McGregor's and the big names. But I think I think everybody who makes the UFC, since that is the the NBA or the NFL of MMA, I think they're looking. All of a sudden, they're looking for that big payday, and they want to, yeah. and they want it. So I don't think the lower end fighters are going to do it as much. But once you make the, uh, once you make the UFC, you can see that you can see the money. You can just see it. It might not be in your hand yet, but it's a whole different thing, and they can see it and they want it. So anyway. That's terrible. Shame on you, TJ. Shame on you, bro. Anyway, what about this bare-knuckle boxing shit? I watched um, a couple of ex-UFC fighters fight in a bare-knuckle boxing pay-per-view last weekend. So this is like their fifth one in the yeah. last year this of really... this. They brought it back. So this was prior to boxing, boxing with gloves. This is in the United States. This is what we had. You've got to go back not, over 100 years, right? It's not even close. It's not like that? It's not even close. What's the difference? Huge fucking difference. Because <laughs> the difference is now they're giving them the benefits of with the gloves. Right? In other words, in the old days, they just went bare knuckle. And they broke their hands. So they started using more body shots. And it wasn't as dangerous. So usually it wasn't a knockout. People would just go until... There wasn't any set rounds. They would just keep going until someone got exhausted or knocked out. And they weren't hitting much to the face or the head because they were hurting their hands. Okay? But now, I'm pretty sure that one is too, they wrap all the way to here. They wrap their wrists. They wrap their hands all the way to here. They have partly their hand. Yeah, this goes about to here. And that's a huge, huge difference. Huge difference. So you get the power of a hand-wrapped hand. So you can you can have more you can hit with more confidence knowing you're not going to break your hand as easy. But you you um but then you you're still you have no no padding. So it's just there's going to be a lot of cuts, a lot of people hitting for the head now cuz it's nothing like old bare knuckle days. The they wrap like up to here. Well, but but yeah, and then you can call it bare knuckle yeah, right. boxing yeah it's just, but it ain't bare wrist boxing or bare hand boxing you can see in that different. picture up there you can see artem's hands they're wrapped to mid hand okay. so you can still most boxers fractures occur past that anyway so i think you're really supporting the wrist maybe partly you're supporting yeah. the metacarpals in the hand all the injuries i'm seeing usually are right around here and just the fact that you have it built up and, a, and it's like a fucking cast there it's, it's just a, it's it a does. It looks like a cast. It's it's a whole different uh, thing because when it's not everything, you know, it's like it's like you're supporting the the base much better, so everything's stronger. Well, and you're also keeping them lined up so yeah. they don't hit awkwardly and it's, and injure their wrist. So I'm sure they can hit harder, or, or these fights can go on longer. But it's bare knuckle boxing, so it's boxing. Yeah. There's no grappling. You're allowed to do a half whatever. You can grab the guy behind their head. Yeah. It's a half lum or something. I don't know. You can do you can, like It's like a half tie. Yeah, you can do a half tie hold and punch each other in the face. Yeah. It's basically a 
so there's no other skill involved. There's cardio. There's uh, there's boxing skill. Although there's not a lot of parrying going on. Nah, it's I, I think it's stupid as shit. I think if they're gonna do bare knuckle, do bare knuckle. Once they put these on, you're just making it so much more dangerous. But beyond that, the fighting it's just not. Um, very three dimensional as far as no. what can happen. I didn't like it at all. I was not a fan. I watched it. I was like, I can see how this is gonna get a really bad rap. Number one, because the guys were just pummeled. They were cut up and pummeled. You're gonna get. So They're bleeding up. everywhere. Brain damage, just brain damage. And it's only hitting in the head. So in at least in MMA, it, you know you're. There's a lot else. There's a lot more going on. There's wrestling. There's jujitsu. Yeah. There's holds. There's submissions. There's a lot more going on. So you're not just hitting each other in the head. There were hardly any body shots. I mean, these guys were just hitting each other in the face, um, and there was there wasn't a lot of defense. I don't know. I was not a, as far as a martial art. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd classify I, this as a martial no, art. No, it's definitely a martial art because it's just. But it's very one dimensional. Right. But. But um, it's just stupid as shit. It's just, they're just going to get hurt. It's for people that, like, kind of got out of MMA for whatever reason, didn't quite make it, don't have takedown defense, and they're trying. Now this is, like, you know, all in the news because it's so fucking bloody. And there's going to be so many injuries. There's going to there's gonna be more injuries than boxing, MMA, kickboxing, all put together. There'll be more injuries in this sport. And it's just stupid. And there's no range. Because there's no kicking. There's no takedowns. So there's really no... Just slugging. They're just <laughs> right in there in the pocket slugging and... Take the tape off and it'll make the sport much better. Because then they'll have to use a little more strategy like they did 100 years ago. They realize, oh, I better go to the body. Or hit them like Boss Rutten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> His open palm strikes. Yeah, he, did, he did pretty good with that. So I, I wasn't a big fan. I don't think I'll watch it again unless there's some hype or some reason to watch it. But watch. I think it's going to make MMA, look by comparison, look like a much better sport. It is. That, it does serve that function, rear <laughs> knuckle boxing. Uh, UFC probably looks at that and goes, that's great. Because it makes our sport really elevates. Yeah. Now that it's on ESPN, it's a much more well-rounded sport, probably much safer sport. Even than boxing. And boxing, you have gloves on. The thing about boxing is boxing causes a lot more head injury, long long term, chronic brain injuries than MMA does. Just because it's so much more hitting in the head, that's per- pretty much all they do: hitting the head and the body. In MMA, there's so much grappling, so much takedowns, so much groundwork, etc. Um, but in M- so in boxing, you just don't cut as much. Because boxing gloves don't cut that much. Right now, you're gonna get tons of head injury. You get tons of cuts, and it's just it's just a brutal sport. And I mean, I guess people like chicken fights too. So whatever. Yeah, that's what I would equate this to. I think it's a more brutal sport, but it doesn't. It's not a more difficult sport. The guys are tough. I'm not saying they're not tough. They're they're kind of crazy tough. Yeah. (laughs) But it does. It brings. It subtracts so many skills. From MMA that you yeah. come to really enjoy watching. So I look at MMA as a very well-rounded sport that's a lot safer for the fighters. I was not too thrilled watching the knuckle boxing yeah. at all. It's, so uh, yeah. who knows how long it'll go on? It's come. It's making this comeback, I guess. They're, they're doing this 
full talk, full contact combat karate too. It's kind of the same and. They're just trying to branch off on everything and try to compete with MMA. They got combat karate. Now they got bare knuckle fighting. They had like uh, extreme jujitsu where you're allowed to slap and stuff on the ground. I don't know, guys. If if you want to fight just hands, fucking box. If you want to fight with your hands and feet, kickbox. If you want to fight with everything, do MMA. But why would you do combat karate? Go fucking do MMA. Or why would you do bare knuckle boxing? Do regular boxing. So I don't know. I just I think they're just they're water. They're trying to water down combat sports. Yeah. So it is interesting in a world with uh, you know the touchy feely world we live in in 2019 for these kind of sports to be becoming popular. Isn't that an interesting? Yeah. Kind of an interesting way to look at what's going on in the world. There's there's a big push towards you know that. Oh, one way in the society and then there's this almost it's like reactionary that you have these sports that become popular i think i think they're just trying to compete with the ufc but speaking of that that's a good segue into uh um i heard some talk about bj penn i think he got like Try to look it up. But he, I think he got some kind of... He got popped. Or the, his ex or his baby mama has a, a restraining order and says he used to hit her and shit. And what do you mean used to? If, like, he used to hit you, why didn't you just leave then? But now you're complaining about now he used to leave. I don't know. I don't know the whole story. But then I heard stuff uh, like Gary Goodrich. And I heard... Remember Mark Hunt was saying he had some brain injury... Um, so I hear a lot of people trying to change things when it comes to brain injury. Um, but this is what you got to change. If you want to prevent, um, or minimize brain injury, then just let them hit in the body. As, as long as you're hitting people in the head, kicking them in the head, Elbowing them in the head, kneeing them in the head, slamming them down on the ground on their head. This is going to be brain injury. It's just, it's going to go, it's, it comes with the territory. So, I mean, you could try to be a little more preemptive. I don't know how, but um, as long as people are punching other people in the fucking head, there's going to be brain injuries both acute and chronic and there's just no way around it whether whether you're running into someone with a football or you're running you're punching someone in the head you are there's going to be brain de- brain injuries and uh, that's one of the people love punching in the head it'd be like making the race cars go slower so they didn't crash as much nobody would want to watch so if they take away the thrill of the punches and the knockouts people wouldn't watch so you're not gonna. There's not. There's. You're not gonna do anything, guys. Sorry. But it's hard to single out one sport for that. All sports have injuries. I think cheerleading is one of the most dangerous high school sports there is. Right, but I'm. I'm <laughs> but just, uh, but yeah. I think. But all sports have injuries. But you can talk about the brain head injury. as a separate because thing it's because it's your brain. It's your worst injury. Yeah, it's yeah, your worst. Without without. It's your doubt. worst injury. I you know when uh, doing what I do in sports medicine. I put all of our kids in swimming when they were younger, and then uh, 
you know, there's less certain kind of injuries, things they can do their whole life. They can swim their whole life. They can be in good shape. And then they can play other sports. But then, of course, they took that and went into water polo, and then we get head injuries and concussions in water polo. So, you know, there's injuries in every sport. We see injuries in every sport. It's but, but if you, I mean, if you look at it, it's going to be combat sports and then football. Football or the, yeah, football so, is probably the, the number two. one just by volume because that's, and then also you're, you might be exposed to more in football with a weekly game schedule. Yeah. There's less contact in practice now to try to cut down on head injuries. There's better equipment. Helmets are controversial because they lead to people hitting each other harder because you're, hel- you're helmeted. Um, Imagine if there was none. But that, but football has shifted a ton, even you know, in the last fifteen years, from letting people play with concussions after they're evaluated on the sideline to now not being allowed to play at all well, until fighting's the same way. But right, and but fighting is you have longer breaks between potential concussions and fighting than you do in football. Football is a season yeah. of, of repetitive head trauma weekly. Um, it's but so does fighting because sparring. You can get you can get. It depends on yeah how you're training for sure. Yeah, you can get you can get. I got concussed probably every week, and it was year round. So I probably got a minor, at least a minor concussion. But I don't think a lot. Of, you think people mostly still train that way? Not as much. No. I think we've learned a lot. Yeah. So I think yeah. people, when you have concussion symptoms, I think people understand that more. It used to be a macho thing, like oh, I got my bell rung, and then you go back out and you play, even though you don't know which way you're supposed to be going. I mean, those were common events that are yeah. not common events anymore. Yeah, they, so I think the protections are a lot better. So hopefully it'll cut hopefully. down. But there's still going to be, if you're going to have a contact sport like football yeah. or combat sports, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have head injuries. I think you minimize it the best you can and you, you stop fights earlier like they do. Yeah. Yeah. You are the trainer that throws in the towel when your guy isn't going to win and he's just yeah. getting abused. Yeah. You know, there are ways to protect it is, people. It is better, but at the end of the day, people love to see a fucking brutal knockout. They just love it. So, I mean, we have a nation of people that love... I think, like, I'm the only one I know that hates to see a knockout. It's like, I'm like this. I just don't like to see it. I don't think it looks... But, but the crowd, 99.9% of people want to see a brutal knockout, and they'll pay extra for it. Right? Well, they'll give them a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> they get a bonus. They get more money for it. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Performance of the night. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they and they do celebrate it. Then knockout of the year, yeah. submission of the year, things like that at the end of the year. So it's just it's definitely a combat sport. You know, in my profession, in sports medicine, there is always this sense of, well, are we promoting a sport that's dangerous to someone's long-term health? And that beca- that becomes a big debate in football. Should doctors be involved with, you know, with football because of all the stuff we know about it? I think doctors should be involved with help making it safer and help protecting kids that are injured. One of our jobs on the sidelines is to pull people out of the game that shouldn't be playing. Yeah. And you're there to make the best decision for the athlete. And you're not not who's going to win the game. So, but if they take if they take out football, take out combat. I mean, we have such a. We have such an epidemic of pussies now. I mean, <laughs> I mean, our country has become so pussified already that you have I, to weigh the risks and benefits. I know, and I it's hate like anything. I hate you know the traumas. I hate it, but I would I wouldn't change a fucking thing about the sport because I mean I, I with that said I do train I train the guys differently. I watch out for them a lot more. 
but it's still the best fucking sport out there, and and it's it still separates the pussies from the non pussies. Well, and I think football gives kids that may not get it otherwise, or any organized sport, a lot of structure. Yeah. And things that they things tools they can use later in their life. And I I I actually consider football a combat sport. It's really what do. we it's what I would call a collision sport. It's yeah. not a contact sport. It, You're running into each other on purpose. Right. And so it's a collision sport. I, I consider a martial art. I consider a martial art because if because if somebody was take trying to take your lunch money and you tackled them, he wouldn't try to take your lunch money. I think you can defend yourself or your family with some of the techniques you learn on the football field. Probably so. I mean, you imagine some guy just runs up and slams you like that. It's like, oh, shit. Never mind. Keep your lunch money. So, I mean. Yeah, but it, for me, it's always one of those. And for our profession, it's a struggle of what, you know, what we should be supporting and what we should be doing. Ultimately, you want healthy athletes. You want people well-trained. You want them to be healthy. But sports offer so much, and I've seen it with my own family, that you don't get in the academic side coming through school, too. Yeah. So, And you see it. You have kids here training from, what, age five? Yeah, four or five. Four or now, five. So, speaking of that, we're going to go into segue into this fight in a sec. Um, but, yeah, it's, it changes lives. And without contact sports, um, I think there'd be a lot more pussified young men. And you know... Before we get on to what I know you want to talk about next, I watched about half last night of a movie. It's a documentary called They Shall Not Grow Old. Have you heard of this? No. It's by Peter Jackson. Do you know who that is? No. He's a director. He made like uh, King Kong movies and Lord of the Rings. and He made all these epic, amazing graphical uh, movies. So he's a huge big-time director. He made He took World War I footage... The old shaky black and white square frame rates changing because they were cranking it as they filmed it. He took that footage and made a documentary about World War One in like 4K high definition color. They dubbed in all the sound. It's amazing. And you see these kids. These are 15-year-old, 14-year-old kids that are lying about their age to go off to war to go to Belgium and get in the trenches and fight Germany in the trenches. And they have footage of it that now looks like it's amazing, the footage. And you see what these people went through. It's, it is amazing compared to what we go through now in our lives. If we had a war now like that, trying to mobilize our country to do the things that, our, that a couple of generations ago did, it's horrifying. <sighs> you know, the gas attacks, you have to watch this thing. You don't have to go back that far, go to Vietnam. But to see... Well, yeah, I don't know. It was just it was a, kind of a different era. There's horses, there's horse-drawn cannons. It's pretty amazing the footage and to see how kind of rudimentary it was. It, it's taking it back. I mean, they had guns, but to see what they had to go through to fight. They're not, you know, pushing buttons in predator drones. This is uh this is trench warfare that was just extremely brutal. Yeah. It makes bare knuckle boxing look like a walk in the park. So it, it was you, could you imagine now it just so many pussies in this country. I mean, short of guys like Tim Kennedy, you know, and his crews, um, his crews with an S, not like cruising. Um, guys like him, I mean, it'd be like it'd be like it'd be probably one tenth of the people would even go. Yeah, it was amazing. And people wanted to go. They just, and you, you watch this documentary, yeah. and 
These guys are there. They're just assuming they're going to die. They're just hoping they don't die slowly. I mean, that's really what it came down to. They don't want to get maimed. They just would rather get killed because they're stepping over dead bodies. It is brutal. The footage is insane. It just looks that much more insane because it's updated to today's As technology Netflix. standards. No, it's on iTunes. Mm-hmm. It just it was in the theater. It was like limited release in the theater and just got released. I think it has like a 100% review score on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah? So I haven't yeah. finished it. I could only get through like half of it yesterday. Um, but it just brings you back to, wow, human conflict was pretty horrifying. Um, and that was in this, well, I guess the last century. Now it was 100 years ago. It's 100 years ago it now, was. exactly. And, and, with that, and with that, I mean, Vietnam was, was horrendous as well. Um, but then if you look at it, like right now, just you and me, like if you walk down the street and somebody actually fucking attacked you, just like you getting out of your car at Seven Eleven, and some guy just ran up to you and started attacking you, like within 10 seconds, you're going to go there. You're, that's just as bad as if you were in any war or anything. Some guys trying to kill you. Because if you die, it doesn't matter if you die in World War One, Vietnam, or at the parking lot at Seven Eleven. If you get a fucking your head crack, cracked open on the on the on the on the uh, asphalt, somebody's fucking pounding your face in, and you're getting brain damage. It doesn't matter if you're where you are, right? If you're almost dead, if you're critical condition, I mean that's what self defense is. If somebody attacks you. It's not going to be a little pretty thing. Oh, wrist lock. Hey, hi. Oh, hey, hey. It's not like that. I mean, they're going to come at you fucking brutally. They might start stabbing you. You know, it might be a carjacking. You know, they might just start pounding your head against the fucking side of your, your car. I mean, it, it gets that ugly that quick. And that's, I mean, that's why when I train my guys in martial arts, I want them to take that shit seriously. And we try to have as much fun as possible. But... If you get jumped on the street, you know, you, you're going to go through whatever they go through in war that quick. So Yeah, it's that quick. The one thing you'll see when you watch this documentary is the psychological knowing where you're marching towards these trenches, seeing the guys returning maimed and missing limbs, and you're walking past them to this area where the battle is just, it's a wasteland. Every tree has been destroyed the land, as far as you can see, is scarred with, you know, mortar rounds, and it looks like the surface of the moon, and these guys are fighting, and it's the cycle, and then they don't know when it's going to happen. Like, everything quiets down, they're hiding in the trenches, they're digging out trenches, they're trying to eat, they're trying to sleep, and it's just this psychological, just nightmare that they're living in. It's, it's pretty powerful. I recommend anyone that's interested at all in that kind of stuff to watch it and let us know what you think about it. Yeah. Um, this is pretty fascinating. I'm going to finish watching it today. <coughs> I'm going to watch it too. So, so it's, it's called uh, They Shall Not Grow Old. It's on iTunes. I'll watch it. It just came out. Anyway, you had a fight. We had a fight. This I had, weekend. Not yeah, you. but Yeah, I had a couple of my guys fight this weekend. And one of my girls, um, the girl lost. She lost uh, in the third round. Um, she got caught in an armbar. She was undefeated going in. She was 4-0. So she's 4-1 now, which is nothing to... I mean, it's, it's a really good record still. Um, and then I had Castle fight. I, I think that was his second, third pro fight. I think he's like, 
he trains with me part time, and uh, he's still a pit guy. He owns the Pit North, which is about forty minutes from here. Um, and he won first round uh, submission. And then my my guy who fought the main event, it was at Tachi Palace or at uh, Chumash. And he's he's been with me since he's four years old. He's twenty one now, um, and he won by first round knockout. Um, he's undefeated in all his amateur fights, and now he's one and zero as a pro. Um, and it was very emotional. It was emotional. Um, it was emotional that uh, my girl lost because I I don't like to see my people lose at all. I know how much it hurts, um, you know, mentally. And she lost, and um, she you know she's a fucking brute. I mean, she she just go in and she I mean she stepped in the in the cage. That's what. That's the first thing I tell any of my fighters that lose, um, is you just stepped in the cage. That you're like you know forget the point one percent, one percent. You're like the point zero one percent, and um, you should just be proud of that, because in thirty years you're not gonna remember that fight, but you're gonna remember that I fought. And I always, I don't remember many, many of my losses or my wins. I just remember I fought. And it's a sense of pride that, uh, it's like, um, I was talking about James to one of my guys because there's certain people that are the, you know, 0.01%. Like, we're, we're fighters. You know, I'll fight, I would have fought, you know, amateur. I would have fought just as hard to the death, uh, you know, just to win a fight for nothing as I would as a pro. And most of the guys do that. And then and then you got um you got people like James. I mean how many people can go to medical schools? Like, you know, point zero one percent. I mean hardly anyone. I mean I, I can't imagine going. So there's certain people that re that 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 uh reach these high things that nobody else can do and we walk around with the pride knowing and we don't like to look down our nose at people that much. Sometimes, like if I see somebody really wimpy, I'll just think to my head, like, you are a pussy. I mean, I just, and it really bothers me. And I'm sure James looks at people and goes, you are fucking stupid. So, I mean, we, we're not really condescending that way too much. But, I mean, people that reach that kind of, you know, I mean, there's, you know, people like, imagine a vet, you know, a war vet or... You know, there's people that have made it that high or done things that nobody else will do or could do. I mean, I think people like us, without being conceited, we walk around with a little more confidence. So I was thinking about that, and, you know, that's Gabby. You know, she lost this fight, but she went in there slugging like crazy. And then, you know, Castle won, and then Big Brother. I mean, this, this you know, he's been with me since he's four. He lives here at the gym, you know. Um, the only fight I saw was Isaiah, Big Brother, on someone's live, <laughs> just filming it. I was there. I couldn't make it. My parents were in town, but that was pretty impressive. He's, 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 it was just, he made it look easy, which is not easy, but he no, made it look easy. He's made all his fights look easy. He never lost a tournament when we had inner school tournaments. He's never lost. I've never seen him lose, and he's been here since he's four. Um, like when Glover was here a couple weeks ago, Glover watched him train and just goes, Oh shit, he's going to the UFC. Um, when he's at the fights and the other, you know, like the the referees and the judges watch him fight, he's he's a di he's at a different level than they are. And the the guys always come up to me later and go, "He's going to be fighting the UFC." You know, Ian McCall was here training with the team a couple weeks ago, and he watched Big Brother. He goes, 
he's going to be in the UFC. So, his name's Isaiah Rocha. Watch out for him. It was fun to watch him fight. He got he got a, caught up in a little bit of a guillotine. Yeah. And then he got out of it and transitioned him out like nothing. And then he just dropped down elbows until the guy turned over. Did he get knocked out? Well, what happened was he's dropping the elbows, and then he turned to the side, and they started hitting him, and he knocked out. Oh, he did get knocked out. Yeah, so he just rolled. He looked like he yeah, rolled over. He started, he started elbowing him. He started to roll. And as soon as he rolled, Big Brother started hitting him. And he just and went, the ref stopped it, as he, he should have. Yeah, it was, it was a good stoppage. Uh, it was a really good card at uh, Chumash. Good, good refs, good... Uh, Good promotion. It was a full house. Isaiah didn't get hurt at all. Look like he didn't. He didn't get touched. He looked fine. I saw him just a minute ago, and he looked. He looked good. So, so good job, Isaiah, and everybody. Good job, good job a, everyone, and uh, thanks for coming, guys. We're gonna be the next time you see us. We are gonna be talking about right uh, Holloway. Holloway, play, right? Yeah, yeah. That's coming up this weekend. Big UFC. We card. will be talking about that this weekend. All right. Thanks for coming, guys. All right. Till next time.